everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Women in Tech SEO podcast. My name is Ari Jabali and I'm the founder of Women in Tech SEO and I'm your host in today's episode. So today's episode is all about relevancy in digital marketing and joining me is the brilliant Beth Newington, who is the PR director at Journey Further. Hey, Beth. Hi, Reed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. I'm very excited to be um, to be having this conversation, to be having this yeah. chat. This season is sponsored by Screaming Frog. Screaming Frog developed crawling and log file analysis software for the SEO industry and wanted to support the Women in Tech SEO podcast as listeners to the show. They've just released version 16 of their SEO Spider software, which includes improved JavaScript crawling to help you identify dependencies such as JavaScript content and links, automated crawl reports for Data Studio integration, advanced search and filtering, and the app is now available in Spanish, French, German and Italian. You can check out the latest version at Screaming Frog's website, screamingfrog.co.uk. I'm so excited to have you on board. I love the Journey Further team. I'm part of the book club and I'm, I'm a huge fan of everything that you do. I recently joined your, um, you had a conference as well. Yes, XV21. I saw you were there actually. Yeah, I, ha- I have so much love for everything you, you and the team produce. So I'm really, really excited to have you here with us. Oh, thank you. That's fantastic. I'll have to let the the marketing team know because they did put a lot of effort into that um, into that event. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I personally thought it was great as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, can you let everyone know a little bit about yourself and how you got into the world of SEO? Yeah, of course. So I'm Beth. Um, as you said, I'm the PR director here at Performance Marketing Agency Journey Further. So I was actually the first person into the PR team um, three years ago now, um, and now we're we're about to hit 25 people, um, which is fantastic. And so I'm very much in charge of the growth of the team, overseeing um, the running of everything that we're doing here, ensuring that we're, you know, delivering fantastic results for our clients. Um, but I actually started my career in SEO um, over 10 years ago now, which does make me feel a bit old, if I'm honest. Um, and I started out as a new media exec um, for a solicitors in Liverpool. So I was in-house and I was part of an internal marketing team that helped manage their external SEO agency. Um, I wrote on-site content. I did lots, um, I filmed a lot of video content as well. And I managed their social media channels as well as dabbling in in digital PR at times and that's when I realized I really wanted to specialize in it um, so I applied for a role at Epiphany which at the time was one of the biggest um, search marketing agencies uh, which were based in Leeds I got a job in the PR team there and there I really worked my way up and I, I specialized in digital PR and learned a lot about SEO um, and link building and then yeah I basically I moved to another agency then in Leeds and then I got offered the opportunity by um, Robin Skidmore who's our CEO at Journey Further to come and, and launch the digital PR um, division at Journey Further. So yeah, that's that's how I got into it. Um, I didn't start off as an agency. I was very much in-house at a solicitor's firm, um, but I still learned quite a bit about SEO there and, and realized that's, that's where I wanted to specialize in. Yeah. And how did you find that shift initially from in-house to agency? Because it looks like, you know, afterwards you decided to stick to agency side. How was the shift for you? 
Yeah, it was it was a big shift, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it, it was extremely that the pace was very different. Um, but I, I loved agency life. I always have done because I really enjoyed the variety of it. Um, and I liked working on different accounts. You know, I, whilst I was working just in law, um, it was really interesting to then come and start working on you know home interiors accounts or fashion or finance. And I just really felt like I was broadening my skills. And I became part of a much bigger team as well. And I felt that I was learning so much more. Um, because not only was I sitting within a whole team of PRs and SEOs, but then there was the PPC team and the creative team. And I just felt I really broadened my skill set and, and learned a lot more about marketing. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system when I first started, but I, I don't think I'd go back now, if I'm honest. Yeah. And do you currently work on a large number of different industries? Yes, we're, we, we're very varied here. So we have anything from travel to finance, we've got B2B, um, fashion, lots of home interiors brands. Um, so yeah, I, I personally really enjoy the variety. And for women who are starting out in the industry, like more specifically in the digital PR industry, what advice would you give them? Um, I think there's been a lot of conversation um, recently about this, actually, but I would say to do their research about the company um, they want to work for in advance. And make sure that they're coming prepared to interviews with lots of questions. They should really be focusing on things like asking about employee retention. You know, why are you hiring for this role? Is it because of growth or is it because of people leaving? Um, and, and asking questions around the culture in general. Um, and I think from my own experience as well, I would encourage people to keep an open mind. So if their first job isn't what they'd always dreamed of doing, then try not to worry too much. I actually... I did a broadcast journalism degree. I really wanted my first job to be a radio journalist um, and, I, and I couldn't get an interview anywhere. And I, and I almost fell into marketing a bit by chance, but I absolutely loved it. And as soon as I was in that role, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I think in any role, even if it's not like your initial dream job, you're still going to be getting lots of experience, um, which is really valuable and you'll be able to build up transferable skills. So Absolutely don't settle for a job that's not right for you. But at the same time, um, I just really encourage people to keep, a, to keep an open mind and as well try and you know, make the most of all the free resources that are available. So, for example, this podcast um, is a fantastic resource for people looking to get into from a technical SEO and digital PR perspective. But there's also lots of other resources as well um, that people can use um, to not only learn and improve their development but also how to decide which which area they'd like to specialize in yeah definitely and I think speaking of being agency side like my advice for people starting out in the industry has always been definitely start agency side because I feel like that was how I started as well and I feel you get to learn so much by working, as you said, you know, with a large number of different teams and across different clients. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with you. I, I've always felt as well in the digital PR specifically, like with the teams, a lot of people who get started in it are, you know, you don't need to have prior experience. You get to learn so much on the job as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd also encourage work experience so we we do offer paid work experience um and I think it's just a great way for people to come in and just get a bit of a flavor of what agency life's about and also to understand you know not only what they really want to do but also what they really don't want to do um work experience throughout you know if people can do it throughout university or maybe just after university is, is really helpful um both at helping people decide okay, what is it that I'm really enjoying and what is it that I, that I need to avoid and look out for? Um, and yeah, I think more and more agencies now are offering paid work experience. So if, if you can get that, um, I'd really recommend doing that as well. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such, such great advice. 
So we're here today to talk all about relevancy in digital PR. And as I mentioned right before we started recording, I saw your brilliant talk recently in Brighton SEO on the topic. So I think a good way to start off would be talking about, you know, what does it actually mean to be relevant in digital PR? I think there's there's, there's several different ways um, that you can be relevant. I think all of them are important. So for me, there are there are four key areas. So when you're coming up with your um, PR strategy and your idea, you know, is it is it going to be relevant to the target audience? Um, so is the content you're creating going to engage with them? Is it something that they're going to want to read? Um, is the idea on brand? Uh, does does that brand have the authority to be talking about that topic? Is it something that can be related back to to their expertise? And also from a news agenda perspective, is it relevant to what's happening right now in the media? Um, Is it topical? Is it something that the journalists are going to want to jump on and cover? And then finally, and this is something that I think often gets missed, but is the campaign idea relevant to those keywords that you actually want to rank for? And that's probably what I'll end up discussing more in a bit in a bit more detail. But I think relevancy and relevance in general has been talked a lot about in the industry. Um, but yeah, for me, they're the, they're the four key things that I think is really important. Yeah, and that's a very, very helpful way of summarizing it, because that was actually one of my thinking as well is I know in general, when people work within digital PR, like one of the important stages is, you know, the ideation stage. So would people, do they need to start prioritizing this idea of relevancy at that point? Or is it something that can be introduced later on? No, 100%. I think it needs to be a key part of the strategy from day one. Um, because fundamentally, if, if you don't go into a brainstorm knowing the areas that you need to be relevant for um, related to those four things, you know, is it on brand? Is it topical? Um, is it relevant to the news agenda? Is it relevant to the target audience? And is it relevant to the keywords? Then you're going to be getting off on the wrong foot. And I think actually it's really important to start the process off with a really tight brief. Um, so that you're pulling all that insight together and that everyone, you know, if you are hosting a brainstorm or if you're um, thinking of ideas individually, if everyone has a brief um, that makes all those four areas really clear, then that means that when we're coming up with ideas, you can you can be pulling yourself back to that brief. Um, and then it means that when you're, you know, you get to the ideation stage, you get to execution, you've not gone off on a tangent um, because you've constantly been pulling yourself back to the to the relevant points that um, fundamentally the campaign needs to be um, completely pinned around. And why do you think relevancy should always be a priority in our strategy? Like what makes it important and, and what makes it essential in, in any SEO strategy? So something we talk a lot here is that about the fact that Google is so much more intelligent now. Um, so we know that it's using natural language understanding and that it uses machine learning. Um, so fundamentally, it, it's like it wants to understand a website as one online entity. So it can therefore give the best results um, for its end user because it wants to read content as if it was a human being. So we also believe that whilst Google obviously tracks links, um, it's also now because it uses this machine learning, it's also able to read the content that's around that link and understand the wider context of that article. And John Mueller, um, who's a Google representative, he actually came out um, a few months ago now, but he said, you know, Google, uh, the total number of links actually don't matter at all. We focus on trying to understand what's relevant for that website. So therefore, if Google is starting to put, you know, prioritize relevant content more, 
um, and trying to understand, you know, what a brand just is all about, not just focusing on those links, then ultimately it's it's likely that relevancy is going to have a big impact on rankings. And, and so therefore, if, if you're using digital PR um, to improve your rankings through links and through the content, then that has to be a, a real priority in your strategy um, because it's no longer enough to just be what we say. It's no longer enough to be popular and get as many links from as many different publications as possible. You really need to focus on relevant. And I do believe it's about the higher quality relevant links than just trying to get as many links from as many different places as possible. And do you feel this works as well when we're thinking of, you know, from an international market perspective? So let's say we're, you know, we're launching campaigns for a website based in Germany um do you feel then that relevance is all about well are we getting links that are you know german based websites or are we getting ones that are more uk based websites do you feel like that helps and has an impact i think it does um i think it's definitely worth from an international perspective if you know if it is a german brand especially then absolutely um you should be focusing on those titles but i also think um, that getting coverage on a UK site wouldn't be detrimental if the content was still relevant. Um, so, for example, if we're working with a UK brand and, and and we ended up getting some coverage on, say, Women's Health Australia, as long as that content was relevant and it was you know potentially about a health topic or wellness lifestyle, um, and the wider context of that article was relevant to what our client wants to rank for or what our audience is interested in, then I, I don't see that as being harmful. I still think that's technically relevant, even though it's in a different country. Um, so I'm not sure if that fully answers your question, because I think, obviously, we don't ever know what Google is fully looking at. Um, but I think, yes, being being relevant in terms of getting German links, absolutely. But also, I think it's also about the content and the context of the article, Um overarchingly but I might be wrong um it'd be interesting no I do I do agree I found that a lot like when I was agency side and we we used to build links you know specifically for German or French sites or so forth um the the more of those that we get is great but then it's very difficult for us to say oh you know by getting UK or US or Australian coverage it's harmful we we can definitely not say that um so I yeah I, I completely agree on that point and uh, let's say I want to go ahead and I want to audit, you know, some of my previous campaigns or I want to make sure that our future proof my upcoming campaigns. How can I then decide to, how am I supposed to measure relevancy in these campaigns? So this it, is not easy um, because I know historically it's been quite time consuming to do because ultimately if you're looking at all your backlinks, you're going to have to analyze that content potentially manually like one by one and that can be very time consuming as I say and also like um you can look at it's not that easy but but that's the reason why we actually end up building our own tool um salient which uses the IBM Watson API um but I appreciate that you know that's not that useful for your for your readers because this is our own proprietary technology um that we currently have internally However, there is a free tool on the IBM Watson website, which actually allows you to measure the relevancy of of a single piece of text, which is very useful if you're creating on-site content and also for press releases. So I can read out the URL and I'm sure you could include it, but it's it's www.ibm.com 
forward slash demos, forward slash live, forward slash natural language understanding, forward slash self-service, forward slash home. Um, so I, I'm sure um, we can share that somewhere. It's a lot easier to understand. But and ultimately, this free tool, if you click on it, you can then copy and paste your press release or copy and paste um, your piece of content. And then it will give you a relevancy score um, out of one. So 0.9 or one would be extremely relevant um, for certain keywords that you want to rank for. However, I would urge caution. Um, I'd probably say you're wanting to be getting a score around 0.6 um, because what you don't want to be doing is, is keyword stuffing. Um, because obviously when we're putting content together, whilst we want Google to understand what we're relevant for, we also need to be thinking of the end user. So if that's a journalist and, and we've made our press release just really keyword heavy, it's not going to make sense and they'll probably be thinking this is rubbish and won't use it. And the same with an on-site piece of content. If if you're thinking about your, your end customer or your end user clicking on it, it still has to make sense. But this tool is just really useful because you can just make some subtle tweaks um, that can help increase relevancy. And then you know that you've really optimized your content um, as best as possible because we know that some journalists, when they're really, really busy, sometimes they do just copy and paste a lot of content. And also, as a, as a PR person, you know, I think it's quite important to make sure that there's a spokesperson quote within press releases. And by ensuring that your quote is really relevant, um, that's one of the best ways um, to do it because journalists won't change a quote. Um, so if your quote's really relevant, then that's going to help because that's something that journalists won't be able to paraphrase or, or to change around because it's an actual quote, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it helps build a lot of authority as well and makes it much more authentic, right, to be able to get that quote directly from the source included. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, if you're, if you don't, if you're not able to put a quote in because your com the company's not got anything relevant to say, then that's a red flag. Um, because ultimately you need, as a spokesperson who you've done the research for or the story's about, they should be able to be able to put a quote together with confidence saying, you know, this is why we did this piece of research or this is why we've created this content for these reasons. And, it, and if, if there's not that connection between the brand and between what you're talking about, you are going to struggle with that quote. So I just think that's quite interesting when you are putting together your, your ideas and your content, it's also worth thinking, okay, well, when we get to the quote, what is it? What's those key messages that we're trying to portray? And I think that's quite, that's more of a traditional PR approach, if I'm honest, um, thinking about the key messages. But I actually believe that everything's blurring now. So traditional and digital PR is becoming quite blurred. Um, and I think it's important from a traditional PR perspective, if we're creating an amazing piece of content that's on brand, it's full of key messages and you're getting that link, then it's going to be relevant. Yeah, I fully agree. When I used to work in-house we and we had a digital PR agency, um, they used to send suggestions for what these quotes are um, and then ask our head of PR, our in-house head of PR, if they're able to if this is the quote they can go ahead with and use with the journalist. And usually our head of PR was more than happy to sign it off. And I guess in their mind, they were trying to make sure it, it ticks those relevant boxes. And then at the same time, yeah, make it appear, you know, make sure that it's looking much more authentic than it should. So yeah, that I can, I can fully relate with everything you're sharing now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. It does give that authenticity and it's that it, it comes across as genuine and, and it helps to position your brand as experts as well. Um, so yeah, keep focusing on the relevancy side of things. Just, you know, even if you didn't happen to get a link, 
from a, you know, a brand building perspective, it's still really useful in terms of you've got a great piece of coverage um, that if your target audience land on that, they're going to read that content, understand more about your brand and think, oh yeah, this is this brand is an expert in, in whatever the topic is. Yeah, and you mentioned keyword stuffing as a, an example of one thing to be careful of. Are there other things that people should be careful of when they're trying to improve relevancy in their campaigns? I think it's just ensuring that, again, you're not, you're not, getting too bogged down with one particular element of it so it can be difficult if you're coming up with a creative idea and you think oh my gosh this is going to fly and then it's like oh but how do we pull it back to the to the relevancy keywords and I think there's that balance um because you just don't want to dilute a, a great campaign and a great story um so I guess it's just it's just trying to have that balance and potentially having a bit of a checklist as well so when you are going through the ideation stage or you are at kind of like finalizing things you know you've got that checklist of okay is it on brand is it relevant is it this is it this but then you're not you're not trying to force it to become too relevant you're not forcing relevancy on it so much that it no longer becomes interesting um it's got to be a balance and that's why I think that that tool is quite useful because you're not looking to get a, a super super high score you're just kind of sense checking that there is that relevancy element to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'll make sure to include the link of that in the in our show notes. Uh, personally, it, was, it wasn't something, something I come across before. And I'm actually interested to learn a bit more about your own um, internal tool. Um, are you able to share like some of the metrics you use in it or how it works? Yeah, so, um, so we call it Salient. And ultimately, it allows us to bulk upload our clients' entire backlink profile um, we then run it through the script and then it delivers us data um, it, that we can manipulate and we can analyze into something that's quite useful to understand so we usually create a tree graph um, so we can show our clients you know in google's eyes based on your backlink profile you're really relevant for these key terms but for other keywords you're not showing as very high in relevancy so we give it a score um, and then it also, we can actually use it to look at sentiment as well, which is useful, especially if, you know, potentially down the line, that could become another metric that Google starts to focus on on more. Um, and the example I always use, I used it at Brighton, is say if we're working for an online beds retailer and we've run the, we've run the backlinks to our tool, it might be that they're really relevant for things like king size beds and mattresses, but children's beds is coming up with a really low score. So then we know that we, okay, we just need to go to a brainstorm and we need to ideate and focus on ideas around children's beds. And, and that sounds really simple, um, but we've done this time and time again. And when we have taken that really relevancy-led approach and we've created campaigns and content around those, um, those gaps, we've then seen a huge improvement and we've seen rankings in, increase um, as a result of that. So it is something that's that's working really well for us. Um, and, it, and it's something I talk about a lot, but I am really passionate about it because I've seen the results in action and I can see it making a difference, um, which is amazing, really. Yeah, I love that. Like, it's a way to know that you're, you know, you're, you understand the gap and you know what needs to be focused on as opposed to they're already performing so well and they're already appearing very relevant within that specific category there's absolutely no need for you to then go ahead and you know pump out more campaigns that are related to it and so forth let's focus on something that has that hasn't been focused on previously and that they don't appear to be relevant for 
Exactly. And we can also use it to look at um, competitors as well and, you know, kind of balance the two, looking at their gaps, looking at our gaps. Um, and also we can use it for on-site content. Um, so if we want to, you know, upload certain category pages or, or things like that, and then we can look at it from an on-site perspective and then our content, you know, our content team can then make those changes, um, just subtle changes sometimes, but again, using that tool. Um, and, and with the free tool that I've talked about people can also do that it, it's just what makes our tool a bit different is that we can do it on mass which obviously saves a lot of time and are there any resources you know if people are starting to consider this in their strategy and want to know how to you know ensure that their campaigns become more relevant are there any resources or recommendations that you would advise people to look at well fundamentally use that tool um that we're going to that you're going to link to very kindly thank you um and also, our, so our journey for the vlog and also blog, Steve Walker, who's our technology and innovation director, he actually created Salient. And he's given a lot of advice um, on there, talking about it in more detail. So if, if people are specifically interested in that, I'd, I'd have a look on there. Um, I also know in terms of John Mueller, when he came out and talked about um, relevancy, there's a search engine journal um, article about that as well, which could be useful for, for people to look at. Yeah, that's really helpful. And is there anything at all that you wanted to cover? Any, anything that you covered in your Brighton SEO talk, for example, that we didn't manage to talk about today? Yeah, I just, I guess just following on from what I talked about in terms of relevancy and, and how we've seen it impact the ranking. So not only have we got We've seen evidence of this through our own client work, but we actually we wanted to evidence that that relevancy was becoming more important to Google. So, so last year now we did an in-depth study into the fashion and retail industry. Um, so this is a notoriously competitive industry. There's some you know very well-known ha- um, household brands in the industry, and there's also lots of new um, disruptor brands as well. And we analysed the organic rankings of, of four thousand commercially valuable keywords to understand which sites were the most visible and then we looked at three key metrics to see which impacted the relevancy score the most so we looked at the topic relevancy so using our tool to understand um, the backlink profile and how relevant that was for certain topics we looked at domain authority and also the total number of backlinks that were pointing to the website and out of 15 topics relevancy came out as the winner um, that led to the biggest share of, of organic voice so for example, um, I think the example I gave at Brighton was around knitwear. And you had, you know, big brands in there like House of Fraser and Debenhams and things like that. And then you had smaller brands, um, I think Matalan, um, not smaller, but there was brands as well, such as like Misguided um, and the ASOS. And what was interesting is, is that the brands with the smaller battling profile were outranking those um, with the bigger link profile because but they had a stronger relevancy score and we looked at lots of topics like bodycon dresses um dresses in general and, and yeah 13 out of the 15 topics that we looked at the relevancy score had the biggest impact and another example i, I did a case I talked about a case study with our client 24 7 blinds um so they are an online blinds retailer you, you may or may not have heard of them but their competitors are the likes of Hillary's and Dunelm which you know a lot of people and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have heard of so how is 24-7 blinds outranking the likes of Hillary's and Dunelm for um, you know blinds keywords and ultimately it's because their backlink profile we believe is, is more relevant to those terms 
so the whole message that I think we're trying to get across is you know and, and similar to what John Muir said it's it's no longer enough just to get as many links as possible you've, you've really got to put strategic thought into the content that you're creating and making sure that it's that it's relevant and on brand and I think the reason I wanted to just cite those two examples is because you know we, we're actually seeing this and we've actually got evidence that that backs up our um our theory yeah this is so interesting and so insightful and uh, please do share with me any links of these case studies because i'd love to include them in the show notes i'm sure that a lot of listeners would love to dig deeper and see some of these yes i will do we actually we do have the 24 7 blinds one um on our website because we did actually just win an award for it as well from um the drum for our innovation and the use of technology so um yes i'll definitely share that with you perfect awesome and so you know if anyone wanted to continue the conversation with you uh share any questions with you what's the best way for them to get in touch so um i always welcome people following me on twitter my handle is just at beth nunnington and then my linkedin profile as well um I love it when people, you know, reach out to me, they ask me questions. And if anyone ever fancies a virtual catch up or even in person um, catch up to debate and discuss, you know, digital PR and and relevancy in more detail, then I'm absolutely open to that. Um, I do have a performance PR vlog series as well. um, That if anyone's interested in finding out a bit more information into how we do PR a journey further then they can have a look at that it's on our journey further um YouTube channel perfect well thank you so much Beth I really really appreciate all the time you spent with us today sharing your knowledge with everyone who's listening in you're so welcome thank you very much for having me um I am I feel honored (laughs) and um yeah looking forward to hearing it go live thank you Perfect. Yeah. And thanks everyone for joining us. We are out with a new episode every Tuesday where we chat with a new brilliant woman on a new SEO topic. And you can find us on all podcast platforms. So please do subscribe. You can learn more about us on womenintechseo.com. Thanks all.